Um, we don't have special music today, and the good news is I'm not going to sing for you. So it's always good. Uh, although I did, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a little secret that I might get in trouble for. No, Christy's not here. Um, so how many of you guys sing in the shower? Yeah? A few of you? A few of you do? Yeah? Well, I found out. I took a trip to, uh, to New York for New Year's. Took, took the girls there, New York City, and, and looked around. And the, uh, the room that we had, uh, the bathroom, the walls were very thin. And I found out that Hannah sings continuously. I mean, I knew she did that, but it doesn't matter if she's in the shower, out of the shower, whatever, and singing. But we all have special talents. God gives us gifts. And he gives us gifts for a, a specific reason. And so uh, this morning, I want to talk about thinking bigger. How do we think bigger than what we normally do? Uh, Originally, I planned on uh, delivering the sermon, the last sermon of 2019, closing out, really, our Christmas uh, services. So, with that in mind, how many times have you heard the Christmas story? I bet a lot, right? Over the years, you have really heard it. So much so... That, uh, that I bet you could come up and tell it. So, no, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm not going to do that to you. But you've heard enough sermons and you've prayed enough prayers to be familiar with it. And it has rubbed up against your heart so much that it could cause calluses on it. That you don't let the specialness of uh, the Christmas story to sink in. And so uh, the real truth needs to not only penetrate our hearts, but penetrate our life. And uh, we get so busy with the hustle and bustle of Christmas that we're running around, you know, making sure all the packages are, are, are you know, purchased. Or if you're, if you're like most families, you've got to make sure child A has exactly what child B has or, or there's going to be problems. Uh, so there's a lot of activity and familiarity breeds contempt. So the best way that Christians can respond to a Christmas message is to hear it or think about it in a different way, pondering it in our heart in a new way. So with that being said, I want to go through Luke chapter 2 for a little bit. So if you take your Bibles, you could turn there. I'm going to have a few things here on the screen for us on Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 25. There she is. A little slow. <clears throat> is that just a little too loud for you guys? No? I'm going to bump it down just a hair, just in case, because I do have a, uh, a video that may be a little bit too loud for you. Like Pastor Dave said, we are, we're running a, a few audible options for you football fans. Okay, Luke 2.25, I teach my students downstairs, and I teach my students across the way. Before we even start to uh, try to read the Bible, 
we have to do something first, and that's to pray. Because why are we reading it? Why do you read the newspaper? Do people even read newspapers anymore? Yeah. Why do you do that? Yeah. Find out who died. The obituaries, right? Exactly. <laughs> Set the first page you open. First page, first page. Yeah. Look, in order to do that, to understand it, you've got to focus completely on it. Or else it just becomes something we do. So let us pray right now. Ask God to reveal to us something maybe we didn't see before. Maybe something we can take out of here and take home with us and utilize this week. Will you do that with me? Let's pray. Lord, here we go. We're about to jump into your word. Let it come alive. Let it breathe new life into us. Let us see something we didn't see. Let us get excited about it. God, your word is alive. It's living and it's meant for us. We ask you to do this for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was two things. He was just and he was devout. Let's take just a quick minute to think about those two things. What does it mean to be just? Well, another word that has just in it that, that's very similar is justice. What do you think of when you hear the word justice? It is something that is right. It is something that is good. It's a good thing to have. This man, Simeon, was a just man. He was a fair man. I think he was a reasonable man. A man that would really tell you whether or not your hair looked good. Or that your tie was straight. Or that you really do look fat in those jeans. He is that kind of guy. He is just, but he's also devout. Now, we don't use that word a lot anymore, devout. What does devout mean to you? It means faithful. Yeah, there you go. Wow, you threw your voice right in my mouth. Great job. He is faithful. He is thinking about God and the things of God continually. Didn't this guy have something else to do? Oh, yeah, he did. He had lots to do. There was a lot of other things vying for his attention back then, just as it is for you and I right now. But see, he chose to be two things. He chose to be just, and he chose to be faithful. And not only that, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, because he was devout or faithful, he studied the Bible a lot. So he knew all of the scriptures that talked about this coming Messiah, this coming person who was going to fix all of Israel's problems. And he was ready to meet this person. And there was one other thing about him that was interesting. And you see it right there. The Holy Ghost was upon him. Now, I know we've talked about this so much that you guys are all Bible scholars. Seriously, I've had you in Sunday school classes. I've preached sermons to you. Pastor Dave has preached to you for the last 20 years. So I know you know this stuff. But in the Old Testament, unlike today, God's Spirit wasn't always with his people. God's Spirit 
came upon someone so they could do a specific task or job. And it would move. It would come over here over boots. And it would help her to do something. Like making apple butter. (laughs) And boy is his spirit on her if you've ever eaten any of that. And then when she's done with that, it would come over here. And I'm going to hover. I'm not going to touch your hair. I wouldn't do that to you. Okay? And it would move. And it moves over different people. And that's exactly what happened with this guy. The Spirit of God was with him. And it was upon him. And what does it say next? Let's take a look. Verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents had brought the child, in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Here's the thing. Pastor Dave preached this really, really well on, uh, on that Sunday night. Simeon didn't just happen to walk in the temple. He wasn't just walking by and just thought, huh, I'll check this thing out. He was two things. What was he? He was just and devout. So this was his deal. He goes to this church a lot. And we have a lot of people sitting right here that come to this church a lot. And we're, we're thankful for that. But something drew him there specifically that day. And that was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide us if we let him. It will absolutely guide us. We were walking around New York City. And as you can imagine, it is busy. And everybody walks like they're running to a fire. Okay? Which is how Emily normally walks. I struggle to keep up with her. Christy was on high alert. And it had nothing to do with the whole terror thing. It was because her little girls were in the big city. So she is watching every little thing. Now me, I'm trying to let Hannah experience something. So I'm letting her walk a little bit in front of me. Meanwhile, fighting off Christie's urge to run up and grab her. So what I would do is I would reach up, and if I needed M- or Hannah to move to the right because people were coming, I would just touch her backpack and just give it a little push to the right. She'd feel that and know I'd go to the right. I didn't have to talk, talk in her ear every time and say, turn right, <laughs> go to the left, don't step in that. <laughs> that gum is not free candy. It was subtle, but she knew exactly what I was saying because we did it a lot. We did a lot. We went over to Hoboken, New Jersey, where the Cake Bosses shop is. If you've watched TV, you know, the, those uh, cake baking shows. And we went into this not great part of the city. And uh, there was some people there. And one of them obviously had mental issues who was screaming at the people that were walking past. Didn't miss a beat. All I needed to do 
adjust that backpack where I needed it to go. She led. I didn't, it was, look, it had been so much easier if I would have been in front, wouldn't it? Follow me, honey. <clears throat> have you ever put your kid behind you and asked them to follow you? What happens when you turn around? They're gone. They're gone. Oh, look, shiny. Yeah. Pastor Dave talked about that even on Sunday night where Mary and Joseph left and Jesus is gone. I can't lead her and keep her safe while she's following me from behind. So what do I do? I let her lead, but I guide her. Do you get that? I let her lead, but I guide her. Christ wants to allow you to go forward in front, but he wants to guide you. You're the one that's going to have to take the steps. You're the one that's going to have to plan, to think big, and to walk forward. So this guy, Simeon, he comes in, in verse 28, he took him up in his arms after he saw this, this baby Jesus, and blessed God and said, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. He says in verse 32, a light to bring what? Revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people of Israel. There are two main things that Christ brings into our life when we allow him to come in. Revelation. Revelation that this world is not our home. Most of us know that. Jeannie is going to get to experience what it's like to leave this world that's not her home and go to her true home. Amen. That's going to be amazing. We get the revelation that this is not what I was created for. Look, this might come as a shock to many of you. You were not created by God to pay taxes and an electric bill. That's not it. There's more to your life than just work and pay it out. God will reveal to you what that is, and that revelation comes through. But look a little deeper at this. Who's the revelation for? Yeah, the Gentiles. For the people who didn't know anything about the Bible. For people who weren't close to God. We're all waiting for Jesus to return, right? There are people out there who don't know anything about Jesus other than he's some kind of historical figure or sometimes they think he's a made-up figure. Jesus came to reveal himself to the Gentiles, to those that don't know him, and also to bring glory to the people of Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. They had been told that their son was the Messiah. An angel told Mary that. We talked all about that around Christmas time, didn't we? 
But perhaps they had not comprehended the scope of who Jesus really was. Jesus was a Messiah for the Israelites, for all of Israel. But this verse tells us that he wasn't just for Israel, but he was for the entire world. Often, we see Jesus as able to help us on a small scale, on the little things in our lives. But what we need to realize is that our needs and our prayers, they're really too small. We need to think bigger. So this New Year's brings plans and visions for the future. Now everyone knows Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. But we're here focusing on the wrong things. You see, it'd be so easy, so easy for God to come in and fix that little thing in your life. Just like it would for sweet little Sawyer that was up here singing for the children's programs. Does, does Sawyer have uh, like Tonka trucks at home? Yeah. You know those little Tonka trucks, right? Could he pick one of those up? When you see him pick that up, do you go, oh, he picked it up. It's amazing. No. I mean, I used to hit my, I mean, hand my friends with my toys. Um, but if he went outside and picked up a dot truck, I think we might go, now that's different. What's that kid eating for breakfast? Yeah, God can show up on the little things. But what he really wants to do is wow you. He wants to remove all doubt from your mind that he can do it, that he's here for you, he is going to be with you through it. So why give him just that little thing? Think bigger. And that's really what I want you to do this year. 2020 should be a year of you thinking big. Do you know we could put on a closet downstairs? Or we can build an entire building over there. God showed up in that, didn't he? That's right. So those of you that were part of that realize that it wasn't going to happen. There was a lot of things standing in our way. God said, these big things are no problem for me. I could, I could as easily do that as I can tie your shoe. We're focusing on the wrong things. And when you, when you focus so closely on one thing, <clears throat> you miss everything else. You miss the big picture. Let me give you an example of what's that, what that's like. Have you ever went to a lake and you stared down at a, one spot, maybe there's a fish or something there, and you're just kind of watching it and staring at it? All you see is that one piece. You don't notice anything else. When you go on vacations, what do your pictures look like? Do your pictures look like one little spot, or what do you do? You back up, and you, but why am I backing up? Because I want to get a picture of everything. 
I mean, I saw a lady in Times Square. She had a selfie stick. And if, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's a, a thing for your phone. You, you put it on the end of your phone and you hold it way out here to take a picture so you can get a picture of yourself. That thing was longer than this. I know it was. The reason I know, because I saw a plane coming and he had the veer <laughs> to the side. We back up to take pictures. So, so why would we spend our lives focusing on just those little things in our life? Why would we not think bigger? Here's an example of looking at some water or some things close up. That's a lot of water. We look even closer, but if we do, we miss what it really is. See, we were blind, and now we can see the difference. That's better than just a little bit of water. That's what we miss. Dream bigger, because God can handle it. If you went to Niagara Falls and all you looked at was those first two things, you didn't get your money's worth. And Christian, I'm telling you, you're not going to get your God's worth unless you allow him to do bigger things in your life. Unless you relinquish some of that control and stop focusing on the little things and give him the big things. Allow him to do those things. Let me give you a quick example of, of how our God is. And this, I just love this. Our God, he designed this rock, this rocket space that could allow rockets and satellites to escape, but air not to. Yeah, the air stays where it's at, but rockets can leave. How does that even happen? God can handle the small things in your life. So give him the big things this year. Dream big. Give him an opportunity to show you. Like Simeon. Verse 34 says, Then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. For a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. That the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. <clears throat> Thinking big starts with big plans and big goals. And the Bible talks a lot about planning and goal setting. We can get a lot of guidance from the Bible. This is your handbook for life. 
I remember being in, uh, in youth group myself when we always said Bible was B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what it was, and that's what it is. So Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says it like this. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I don't count it that I, I already got all this. I know everything. I don't feel like I have a handle on my life. I don't feel like I know everything about what God wants to do or about everything that has to do with the Holy Spirit, with, with Christ. I, I have not got it yet, but one thing that I do know, one thing that I do know is I have to forget. I have to forget the things that are behind and reach forward to the things that are ahead. I need to keep moving forward. You see, Hannah was able to walk the streets of busy New York City by herself, essentially, because she forgot about what was behind and concentrated on what was ahead. And with a gentle tap one way or the other, we navigated buses and people and police cars and landmines and everything that were there. I reach forward to the things that are ahead and I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We talked about Jeremiah 29.11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the plans that I have for you. And what is the bottom line? Why does he think those thoughts? Why does he have those plans for us? Why does he do those things for us? Two reasons. He does it to give us future and a hope. Christian, I'm going to tell you that without hope, you have no future. Because without hope, you're hopeless. And with hopelessness comes depression. And with depression comes, oftentimes, suicidality. You can defeat that with hope. Hope is the most powerful thing. There's faith, love, and hope, right? We talked about all three of them. We've got to have that. And then you will call upon me, he says. And I will listen to you. Seek me and find me. And you can search for me with all of your heart. Proverbs also says it like this. Many are the plans in the mind of man. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You've got a lot of plans. Guys, do you have big ideas? Ladies that are beside them, do they always work? If my wife would be here, she'd tell you. You know, we go out to eat, and I always say, my eyes are bigger than my stomach. And if that was true, I could see to Cleveland. <laughs> I always have plans that I'm going to do something, but I often bite off more than I can chew. 
I get so busy I'm not able, able to finish. We all know people in our lives that like to start things but never finish things. And the man has a lot of plans. But this verse says that the purpose of the Lord will stand. You see, God will get behind the things that he instills in us. He's not going to get behind every thought you have in your head. But if it lines with his plan, he will. And I'm also going to tell you that not everyone's going to appreciate your goals and your plans. Don't think just because you have this big idea or this dream that automatically everybody's going to be, that's, that's such a great idea. Do that. That's, that's awesome. You will have some people say that, but not everybody. Some people were hated for their dreams. If you don't believe me, turn to Genesis 37, 5. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. Take a minute and go there real quick. Anybody here have a dream that wasn't fulfilled? Yeah, we all do. Did you ever have a dream that nearly got you killed? This guy did. 37, Genesis 37 verse 5 says it like this. Now Joseph had a, what's it say? Had a dream. He had a goal, a vision, a plan. He had a dream. And he told it to who? His brothers. Those closest to him. Those that he felt would have his back. And they did what? They hated them even more. They hated them even more for it. Not everybody's going to like your plan. Not everybody's going to like your goal. Man has a lot of plans, but the purpose of the Lord will stand. So what do we do? As we begin to close this out today, what, what do we take from here? What are we going to do? Well, one thing we can do is commit our work to the Lord. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Your dreams will be established if you commit them to the Lord. But here's the, here's the trick, though. Here's the thing. It's got to be a plan that the Lord would get behind. It's got, there's got to be something in it beyond just us. God wants to get behind the big things. If we commit our work to him and our plan to him for his kingdom, put your skills to use for his kingdom, then, what's it say? Your plans will be established those plans will happen. And sometimes you don't even realize that that's the way it's going to go until it goes there. So, keep planning. Keep dreaming. Keep thinking big. For every vision, there is a provision. For every vision, there's a provision. Do you get that? When you have a plan and you dedicate it to the Lord, God will provide a way to get you there. If it's part of his plan for his kingdom, he will get you there. 
But we need to have a vision for every aspect of our lives. So often, we think about things as just this one plan. No, we need a plan for every aspect. You need a plan for your kids. Have you guys thought about what you're going to do with respect to your kids for this whole year yet? Well, Pastor Raleigh, we're only like five days in. Yeah, but isn't it interesting that we haven't even thought about it yet? Hasn't even come across our mind yet. Why? We're so busy. I mean, we just had New Year's, and then I had to go back to work, and I, yeah, exactly. That's what life does. It comes in and floods you so much that you don't have time to plan. How about with your spouse? Have you thought about what you're going to do for your spouse, with your spouse this year? What's your goal? What do you want to look back on? How about your church? Have you thought about, do you have a vision for what you want your church to be in 2020? How can you use your gifts and abilities for God here? How can you grow the congregation? How can you make the service better for the people sitting here? How can you make it more inviting for the people out there to come in here? What vision do you have? Have you thought about it? We're only five days in. I get it. But guess what? Tomorrow's six days. It's not getting any easier. Because the, the further we go past the new year, more things come in and fill up our time. Poor planning causes issues. Proverbs 21.5 says it like this, The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Poor planning can lead to unhappiness. You see, there's one last scripture I'm going to read, and, and then I'll, I'll close. In Luke chapter 14, verse 28, someone is going to build a tower. He is going to plan to build something. should be familiar to most of you. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Yet, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, then all who see begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. This story is not about the shame. It's about not completing the mission. It's about starting and not continuing through with it. We started our Christmas story with Simeon. With Simeon's gift knowing that he could see the face of the Messiah. But unfortunately, so many people separate spirituality from skill. God has given you these skills for a purpose. So, I'll leave you with this. What you are is God's gift to you. 
What you are is God's gift to you. Does that make sense? But what you become is your gift to God. What you become is your gift back to God. God will uniquely tailor your gifts to fit the assignment he gives you. But it's our responsibility to develop God's deposit by thinking big and planning carefully. It's not enough just to love God and then give back to him our half-hearted efforts. We need to plan. So this year... Keep planning, keep dreaming, keep thinking, but keep doing it bigger. You have an opportunity in 2020 to make this the best year for you ever. The year where you feel closer to God. A year where you can uh, cannot be an attendee and to be a participant there's a difference if you go to a play and you watch it you're an attendee if you go to a play and get up on stage you're a participant and in some instances you're a trespasser (laughs) so be a participant this year you can close your bibles as the musicians come Will you bow your heads and will you pray with me? What I want to do is I want to give you just a moment. I want to give you just a moment to reveal that big plan you have to God. And I want you to ask him to help you rely on him. To Allow him to touch that backpack and guide you through this life. To give him the opportunity to point out where you can think bigger. God, as your people sit here, we have thoughts and we have plans and we have hopes and we have dreams. But God, apart from you, they're worthless. We read that verse. The plans that you get behind are the ones that are established. So Lord, reveal to us today, what is that plan? Put it in our hearts that we need to understand what 2020 should be. Sure, we should have goals in every aspect of our life. But let us focus today on our spiritual goal. How will we draw closer to you this year? Starting today. Maybe we're here and and we've been attending instead of participating. But God, that can change right now. We can start to participate. We can join with the rest of the congregation in a relationship with you. If someone's here and they don't have that relationship, well, they can pray a prayer and believe it with all of their heart. And they can move forward participating. They could say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. 
And that sin has kept me from taking part in my walk with you. I come to church and I'm, I'm just an observer. I'm an attender. But I want to change that today. So I turn from that sin, Jesus. And I want to walk with you all the days of my life. Thank you for calling me, for loving me, and for accepting me. For each of you that are sitting there, may your vision for 2020 be better than 2020. May God show you what he has in plan for you. Because I can guarantee you what he has for you is so much better than what you thought you wanted for yourself. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for those that may have said that prayer. Lord, bless the rest of this service. In Jesus' holy name, God's name.